My conversation today with Candace covers so, so much. We talk about the racism she faces as a Los Angeles-based influencer and being a motivational speaker, all the way to the power of manifestation. She's originally from Indiana and moved to LA years ago with a dream of fame and success. And I'd have to say that she is doing the damn thing. She's had her work featured in Forbes, Glamour Magazine, and even the Wendy Williams show. And she's best known for her daily affirmations with Candace, which we cover a lot in today's episode. She shares how positive affirmations have transformed her life every day on her social media platforms. And she's won tons of accolades, including being honored as the influencer of the year by the National Retail Federation. Let's get into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Allie Knows Best. I'm here with a very special guest. I always say all my guests are special, but I've been really looking forward to recording with you, Candice. So thank you for being here virtually, of course. having me. Yeah. So, gosh, I don't even know where to start because... We met, I was trying to do the math. I think we met like, what, five years ago? Yeah. Yeah, it's been It may even be six. Whoa. Yeah. Wow, because we were working together at a social media agency. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just stayed connected after that. Right. (laughs) And I've been able to watch you just from afar, like bloom and grow into this super powerful influencer, getting all of these awesome brand deals. So amazing work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this show, Allie Knows Best, is all about people who... I believe know best about, you know, their chosen field. And for you, like that's definitely social media. It's also the energy surrounding that, whether it be the good, the bad, the ugly. We were kind of talking about that before recording. So yeah, let's, let's get into it. Tell me a bit about your story, how you got started. I know you've been at this for what, like almost 10 years or something. Yeah, I started in 2013 or 2012, mm-hmm. and I kind of dabbled in it because it was really hard for me to find a job in fashion in Los Angeles. I had, you know, two degrees and all this stuff, but I didn't have experience, and that's really important out here. And so I did a lot of internships, but I started a blog because I wanted to do something that was in my control of fashion. So I started a blog back then and just kept up with it. I had many different jobs during that time. I was a nanny. I worked all types of retail. You know, I did the PR job with you, Allie. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I kept going until it became a full-time job for me. And I kind of took a leap of faith. It wasn't a full-time job. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it and see what happens. And that was the biggest thing for me. I needed to trust in that decision. And before I knew it, I was like signing with my agency that I'm with now, still today, and Mm -hmm. getting all kinds of bigger deals that have equipped me to do it full-time. So I feel really lucky. Yeah, that is so cool. I mean, I just want to acknowledge you for like the path that you've created for yourself because not many people are able to do that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I have a really good support system. Like my parents have been like my my backbone. Mm -hmm. And I know not many people have that. So I do feel really lucky to have people I could lean on if I ever needed something. And they always encourage me to go after what feels best. And blogging and being on social media, that felt the best for me other than like, um, 
doing like a nine to five job that didn't feel good. So I definitely took what felt good to me and went with it. Yeah, girl, I feel you on that. I want to backtrack a little bit to those like very shitty jobs because I think that we need to just shine some light on that a little bit. Um, I did, I think, four or five unpaid internships in the fashion Mm -hmm. industry in L.A. before really landing that job where we were working together and then also just evolving into freelancing and, um, you know, kind of trying to find my, my niche, which I think we're all still trying to do, especially like in this social media world. But I think it sounds like we've both been at it for about the same amount of time, like in our, you know, our different ways. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like I started in 2012, I think working for a fashion blogger unpaid. Okay. Yeah. I do remember that. I remember you told me that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And, um, it was a great experience. I mean, I don't really agree when people say like, oh, you know, do it for the exposure or do it for the experience. Yeah. But at that time, you know, you're a college student and you're like (laughs) trying to hustle lugging garment bags to and from showrooms. And I think that was so popular back then doing things for the experience, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. for your value. Yeah. That was like my whole journey out here. Like I would do things for experience, like thinking, oh, if I just got my foot in that door, you know, you know, someone would notice me. (laughs) And nowadays, like there's a lot more opportunity to go off on your own, to start your own, to be exposed on your own with social media. You could post a cool video today and it goes viral, you know. Yeah. Or even not even a cool video. It could be something (laughs) stupid. Your dog's like jumping up and down and that goes viral. (laughs) You know, it it doesn't matter. There's so many different ways to get exposure. But back in 2012, 2013, the only exposure was through somebody else. Mm -hmm. Well, that's so crazy. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because I think back to like the blogger I was working for and she had like the budget to buy designer, which that at that time it was like everyone had to have like the Chanel yeah, and stuff. You had to. Right? Yeah. Because I think fast fashion, I mean Fashion Nova, those companies, mm-hmm. not to call anyone out, but that didn't really exist, you know? Um and I just remember seeing like she would sometimes let me look at like her Celine bags, like those really big Celine oh, tags, yeah. remember? <laughs> And I'd just be like, whoa, you spent how much on this handbag? I'm like. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) It used to be like a goal to have that bag or Mm -hmm. to have like, you know, all these designer things and stuff. But I mean, you look at my closet behind me, you're like. (laughs) (laughs) I I do. I do remember being like, okay, I'm shopping groceries for a stylist (laughs) like I want to be a stylist but I'm shopping for her groceries like how is that leading me to become a stylist Mm -hmm. I remember getting so upset you should ask my parents about that because they (laughs) they heard a lot of complaining back then (laughs) oh my gosh I have a story that you'll probably identify with then I worked I got a referral actually after working from that for that blogger because I thought I wanted to be a stylist. Um, and it was for someone I, you know, don't want to name names. Not that yeah. I'm like in an NDA or anything now, but we're, we're staying on good right. terms, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a referral. I got hired. And I thought it was like a trial period to work for this the celebrity stylist and it was like right around the time of award season so it was like really glamorous I was going into her showroom which was literally just a house in West Hollywood (laughs) the house that she lived in oh my (laughs) gosh that was all the stylists I thought it was so cool yeah I thought it was so so cool but at the end of the day that's not really healthy to have your work and home yeah. In the same spot. Well, <laughs> I mean, I do, but. Same, same. I mean, my office is in my house, but like, still, right. you know, it was like we had, there were three people on the team and I worked there for like 
a cu- I think like a couple days, honestly. Mm-hmm. So the breaking point was, <laughs> and we just, you know, gotta, gotta tell like it is for people who are maybe thinking about doing this, but yeah. I was literally, we had to schlep from West Hollywood to, I think it was like Studio City. So, you know, other side of the hill um, to, um. to like, a honestly, like a C-list celebrity's house. So she could try on all this stuff for like, it wasn't even an award show. It was like a party. And <laughs> I, the, the stylist did not want me to come in the house. He just wanted me. <laughs> oh sorry, my gosh! Sorry, Are you kidding? The stylist assistant. The stylist didn't show up until we had set up all the the racks and all the garment bags were out of the way. So he just like came in like he was the star. Yeah, and it was <laughs> it was so funny because the actor actually approached me when I was like you know trying to crawl out of the house like unseen. And she was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Like, do you want some snacks? Like, I'm talking to her kid. Like, we're, you know, we're vibing and stuff. And it was just funny because this person who was, like, a celebrity was so nice. And then the stylist, like, I didn't even get a lunch break. And it was, like, a 14-hour day. And I called my mom crying in the car waiting for them to be done with this fitting and I was like mom I need to get lunch what do I do (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I called my parents a lot yeah yeah like like if they could do something my parents live in Indiana (laughs) I'm like calling them about I didn't get lunch today she won't let me I know (laughs) well okay so I want to talk about because I feel like this working those kind of quote unquote, I'm not even going to call them jobs, but like, whatever, you know, that's just the nature of the beast and, and Los Angeles. And, but it really makes you have that tenacity. And then also that belief that you're going to be okay. And I feel like you have done such a good job with that. And like your affirmations and all of your manifestation work. So can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of my career and my time in LA has been, you know, learning the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first two years in LA were the most, the worst years ever. I was very depressed. I, I literally came to LA thinking that I was just going to make it from the day one, make it in the terms of like, I would get my dream job by week two. I would have my luxury apartment by week three and I would be well known by week three, uh, by week four, you know, in one month I had these high expectations. I mean, thinking them, I didn't think they were that high. I did not I thought, you know, if you move to a big city, I'm from Indiana small town in Indiana. I just, I just assumed if you move to a big city, you make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't remember anyone telling me differently. Um, and I also came to LA to go to school. I went to FITM after I went to college, I went to FITM. Mm-hmm. Um, but quickly I learned that, you know, the money I'd saved wasn't going to last me 300 years. <laughs> it was going to last me three weeks. Yeah. Um, and I learned that the people that I thought were so kind day one aren't going to be my lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't even going to be my friends for a couple of months or more than a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also learned that, um, Excuse me. I also learned that if I applied to a job and that didn't mean I was getting an interview. And if I got an interview, that did not mean I was going to get the job, no matter how hard I tried. And I faced a lot of rejection. I don't think people really understand that. Um, I faced a lot of rejection in Los Angeles. Um especially in the job market and people, friends, um, just trying to get adjusted. And so coming from a place, from a small town where I had like loving parents who, you know, gave me a lot of attention and I was 
I was told, you know, you're the most beautiful girl, you know, like things like that. Not, not that they like traumatize me, but it does put in your head, like you are something. And when you come to a city that tells you you're nothing, (laughs) that was really, really hard. And so I faced a lot of depression, a lot of like, a lot of sadness, a lot of like, should I be here? What, and also questioning, like, why did God even bring me here to make me feel this low? You know, like, why would I come to a city and feel like this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me? Like, why? I just question God a lot. And so, mm-hmm. um, my parents watched that movie, The Secret on Netflix. And it's basically about the law of attraction. And they're like, you know, you need to watch this movie and just see if it, you know, resonates with you. And it completely did. But the main thing that helped me from the movie was gratitude. Mm -hmm. For years, I lived my life complaining. And I wondered why, you know, if I complained about this, why did that expand? You know, I complained about not getting a job and then that feeling of not being accepted and not feeling a part of anything expanded in my life. And I felt more of that and I experienced more of that in my life. And I realized that I was creating these experiences through my mind and my assumption of how things would go. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that, you know, if I started, you know, focusing on gratitude, that's going to expand more things in my life. So I literally would focus on gratitude from morning till night. And it was, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. I would say it was more of a challenge than it became a game. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a game in a fun way, like I would just try to find something to be grateful for, even if it was like, Um, I went through that green light when I was driving. I'm so thankful I went through that green light Mm -hmm. or I'm so glad my keys are in my purse. I'm just so glad my keys are in my purse. Like they could have been somewhere else and I would have, you know, had to get a locksmith and all that stuff. Or I'm so glad I'm breathing right now. Like I'm able to breathe today. I'm able to walk, but I try to find like at least you know, even the smallest things, you know, just look around my place and just find something to be grateful for. Even having my place, you know, having an apartment, living in an apartment. Um, and so through that gratitude, I saw my life expand. And also I started making vision boards. I learned that in the movie, make a vision board, cut out things that you want in your life. And I think a lot of people that I work with today, they, they think like, oh, you, if I put something like my dream house or like my dream car, what if I don't get it? But I remember when I started with visualizing and putting up a vision board, I remember just kind of like making it again, a game, like it'd be really cool if I got this, right. If I experienced this. So I'm going to try to just put it on here and just kind of forget about it and see what happens. And I wish I had that vision board because a lot of the things on that vision board did come true. Wow. And um, the one pivotal moment was I made a list of things I wanted in a job, but I, my job, my dream job at the time was to become a live in nanny. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that job because I knew that I would not have to think about my finances when it came to um, my living expenses or a car, things like that. And I just listed off things like I wanted in this dream job of being a live-in nanny. And so um, I just remember going to sleep every night and visualizing being a live-in nanny. And I ended up getting the job. Hell yeah, you did. Getting a live-in nanny job. I mean, I think it was like a month later. Wow. Um, And I think a lot of times in my life, I've seen that once I make the decision, then it will prosper into what it's supposed to be. And that's the beauty of manifesting and the beauty of law of attraction is just 
if you make the decision that you're going to do this, everything else falls into place. It's that whole, like, I don't know if I should or shouldn't, you know, should Mm -hmm. I start today? Should I start tomorrow? That's what keeps us from getting to the end of what our desire is. But once you make that decision, like, this is what I want, you know, and try to learn that with dating. Like, what do I want in a guy? You know, I'm still in that lingering Mm -hmm. stage. But once I make that decision, I know that person will manifest into the reality because that's how everything in my life has come to form. I've just made the decision. Like I started my YouTube channel last year. Mm -hmm. I just had, I was lingering that for so long, for years, what should I do? Should I talk about fashion? Well, that doesn't seem right. You know, should I do this? Maybe I'll do makeup, but I'm not into makeup. Like, what am I going to do? And then I just like made the decision. I'm going to just talk about what I'm thinking and I'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. And so- that's what happened. Sorry, not to Sorry, stop. Not to no, start. you're fine. <laughs> I, I want to talk about what what it feels like to make that decision and just operate from a place of gratitude. I did. It's so funny. I was looking at my analytics for this podcast and my most listened episode is about my gratitude practice. And I've been super inspired because since you've been more transparent about showing like what you're doing. And even when you do the questions, like, I love that that's something, it just stands out to me because it makes me stop and think like, oh my gosh, yes, I am attracting this beautiful life. And like, I am so grateful for little things, you know, like I was able to, I remember, you know, even just moments where you're like going to the grocery store and not having to be worried that you're like, not going to be able to pay for it or something. Oh like my that. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember those days. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And you know, and it's not even just about the money or finances or having like financial freedom. I think right. I love the thing of the, just the concept around the decision because I actually, so I think you a while back were, when you were first starting to post and talk about this a lot, I remember yeah you were talking about like the visualization work and you said like, I want to make, you know, six figures or something like that. Right. So earlier this year I was operating from a place of like scarcity mindset. I had been unemployed from a couple crappy jobs and I was like, why am I working for other people? I know like I'm a social media expert. I can go out and get work and here's how much I want to be making. So I just started writing it down. I weeded out clients that just didn't feel aligned. And I mean, it took a really long time, but yeah. So tell us more about like, what does that mean? Cause I feel like people listening maybe have never done any of this type of work. How do you start off like clients or whoever you're working with? Yeah. I definitely start with gratitude. Mm -hmm. I think that's the easiest way to shift your mind, shift your reality, shift your understanding of, you know, the good and the bad is gratitude. Um, But the feeling of making that decision is really a, it's the power within us. Mm -hmm. And I call my followers powerful creators because we are all equipped to create the life that we desire to have. We're, we all have that in us. And a lot of us look outside of us. We're like, who can help me? Who can get me there? You know, I need this person to bring this to me. But the power is, you know, saying, I have the power to create this in my life. And whoever aligns with that in my life will come into my reality. You know, that person will invest in my my business or whatever you have going on because you are already internally deciding that the power is within you and you create that, that investor, you, you create that, that visualization of, Oh, um, someone wants to work with me or someone wants to be on this with me or whatever. But the, the decision lies within you Mm -hmm. and I think it's just, I don't know how to describe the feeling, but it's, 
it's really important to have a feeling. So um, I read a lot about Neville Goddard. He's like the king to me of manifesting. And he talks about the feeling is the secret. And so how you have to ask yourself, okay, this is how you get to the feeling. (laughs) Ask yourself now, how would it feel to have what I desire? And write down those feelings. So say if you want to make, like you said, make six figures. How would it feel now to already have those six figures? Maybe you feel freedom. You feel like you can buy anything. You feel safety. You feel like you are safe enough to support yourself. You feel accomplished. You know, like you're so proud of yourself. Wow, I did it. And maybe you feel contentment. You know, I'm so content with where I am because, wow, I'm able to create six figures in my life. So those are the feelings you want to have right now. And it's a feeling. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I need to go buy this Chanel bag in order to feel like I have six figures. No, it's just a feeling. It's like, Okay, if I want to feel content, how do I feel content? Well, with gratitude, I'm going to find things today I can be grateful for that I already have. How do I feel freedom? Okay, maybe it's me going for a run or going for a hike, being out in nature. I feel free. Um, How do I feel? What were the other ones? (laughs) (laughs) You had some great examples. Those are the things that you want to do. You want to ask yourself, how would it feel now to have what I desire to have. If I had what I desire today, how would that feel? Write those feelings down and figure out ways to get in those feelings with your world, your reality today. Wow. That's really powerful. I do, <laughs> I do want to talk about just connecting us back to just because we were talking, you know, a bit before we started recording, just about how you align those feelings with social media. And I'm not trying to make, you know, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, this ugly, big, you know, awful presence, because obviously, like, it's our bread and butter, like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, helped me connect with so many incredible people that I would have never had the opportunity, you know, and brands and partnerships and, and not all about, you know, making the income. It's more just that that sense of community. So we know that there are a lot of positives, but there are. how do you stay in that place of alignment and gratitude when you're having like those off days or those days where you feel like, oh man, you know, that, that post really didn't perform the way I wanted or we're, yeah. you know, we're even talking about weeding out like the low, what was it? The 30,000 fake followers. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I get triggered. I get triggered all the time. I mean, I see someone with things I want. (laughs) I I, I used to get triggered way more than I do today, Mm -hmm. but you know, seeing someone in a happy marriage with children because that's a desire I have or seeing someone buy their home, buy a dream home. Mm -hmm. That's a desire I have. What has helped me is whenever I get triggered by something on social media, and it's always because it's something I desire. I don't know if that's for everybody, but it's, you know, health, you know, money, prosperity, job, anything in those realms could trigger me to either be jealous or what I try to do is to look at that as a sign, look at that photo as a sign that it is on its way to me. I'm seeing that as a visual representation, representation of my vision board of my desire It's really the universe saying, this is a reminder that it's possible for you too. Wow. This job or this opportunity, this family with children, this buying the home, the dream home, whatever it is, having a healthy lifestyle, whatever it is, this is possible for your life too. So 
after you get there, you say, okay, thank you. You say, (laughs) thank you. You know, you get back to your gratitude. Thank you for showing me that because I know it's possible for me too. Maybe you have to do this 20,000 times. You're like, I I like Instagram. I just want to be on Instagram right now. But you have to do it so many times and then it will become comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I've had days like yesterday where something triggered me and on social media. I don't remember what it is, but who knows what it was. Definitely something I desire. I know that Mm -hmm. because that's how it always is. (laughs) And you get aware of those feelings and you get off the app. And maybe I didn't want to say gratitude in that moment. I didn't want to. And And that's still okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't, the toxic positivity can be very detrimental. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not, we're not equipped to be positive every single minute moment of our lives. That's very unrealistic. Totally. And I try my best to share when I'm on my lows because I get messages all the time. How do you stay so positive? It's very, it's very much a compliment. But at the end of the day, it's not true. It's not true that I stay, that I stay positive 24 seven. That's not realistic because I'm human. Mm -hmm. I cry. I get upset. I get mad. I get angry. I get really sad sometimes. Yeah. But that, Yeah, I think everybody does. But that's the journey that, you know, I think a lot of people who are on this journey of, you know, spirituality get very emotional easily because it's a lot of energy. You know, we put a lot of energy into creating what we desire. So, of course, we're going to have moments of sadness, of depression, of anxiety, because this is big work. I I remember when I was here. in college, I did not I was a, I went to a Christian college. But the spirituality was nothing like it is today for myself. Mm-hmm. I never put myself in that position where it's like, "Ooh, girl, you have like this and that to work on, you know, like you have this trauma, you have this, you know, these issues like I never put myself that deep. And as I go through spiritual journey, I'm getting deeper and deeper with myself. Therefore, I'm going to be way more emotional. I'm not going to be positive all the time because I'm looking at myself in different different eyes. I'm looking at a huge mirror of myself, shadow work. I'm doing shadow work every single day. So I am literally looking at myself all the time, deeply looking at myself. (laughs) Well, and I'm going to acknowledge you for that because that is some tough shit. And I I mean, obviously, like, I don't know what, like, exactly you're experiencing or what your experience is. But I mean, I feel like I'm in a place I feel so blessed to be attracting more people who are doing that work. Yeah. It's taken a long time because even just acknowledging, like, I appreciate what you said, like about, Hey, we're human. We have these emotions. Like also reminder to everyone, social media is the highlight reel. Like we try to show up, you know, not perfect or imperfectly, or even since it is, uh, you know, all about visuals, like not looking our best or, And as women, I do want to talk about this too, but especially for yourself as a black woman, I feel like there's so much extra pressure, um, for you to show up perfectly all the time Oh yeah, because you're already trying to, I mean, especially like as an influencer, I've just seen like, so yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah, that is definitely a struggle for sure, because I see like white women in this same um, same subject of law of attraction. They grow so fast Mm -hmm. and they're they're so understood. And you wouldn't believe all the questioning I get. Wow. All the questioning. Like, are you sure I heard that's that's not real? You know, like all this stuff. And I'll look at a peer who is white female and her comments are so much different. 
like oh my gosh I totally agree with you that's so true share 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 viral (laughs) and so I think at the end of the day I have to remember that I do still have like a community that does I still have a really good community that does appreciate that do you know take my word who do want to learn from me but I do see like there's it seems very easy for the blonde haired, blue eyed, who's talking about the law of attraction to go farther in this industry Mm -hmm. than for me. And I just have to, you know, be, just let it go. I know that what is for me is for me and my growth and my journey at the end of the day, I had to stop comparing myself. And that is a that is the thing with me for all my life. All my life I've been I've been the pro at comparing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pro at it. So I just have to, you know, keep focus on my own journey. Mm-hmm. And whoever wants to follow me will follow me. And if they don't, you know, they weren't for me. They weren't for my journey. So yeah, I, I do see, you know a lot of, you know, white women who do get further quicker and who have started at the same time as me or started, you know, later than me. But that is the reality of it. Mm -hmm. It is, it is the reality of it. And I, I don't want to say I'll never change, but I think that it will take years and years. And I'm not even talking 10 years. Mm -hmm. I'm talking 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah for real, wow, this is so easy kind of change because we are coming from 400 years of slavery and trauma and all this stuff that does not be, that cannot be suppressed overnight. Mm -mm. It is a everyday battle. And the more people who are aware of it, the better. So I'm just going to stay on my journey. I'm going to stay focused and I hope that, you know, people become more aware of it, but I'm still, I'm still working. I'm still doing okay. So I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, from an outsider perspective, it looks like you're thriving. So thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I, I do really want to talk about that for a minute, just about the oversaturation of these And, you know, I'm a white woman. I get I'm contributing to that, too. Like, but of this, I call it like woo woo in my podcast. I love that. But um, even where I'm living right now uh, in Ventura area, it's like very lacking in diversity. And um, I'm grateful just for having worked like the the job that we'll just (laughs) refer to as the job where I had a powerful black woman boss to look up to and see like when we were going into certain situations, especially in the influencer and social media world, where oftentimes like she and maybe one other coworker were the only women of color and having Um, to see how they were showing up versus all of the white women in the room. Right. And I, I get that a lot of people, and especially like influencers haven't had that experience, but it's important in this unlearning and just seeing like, yeah, should be, if anything, there should be way more women of color leading this manifestation space because historically, historically, (laughs) you all were like part of that, you know? Right. So no, I talk about this too. I mean, Mm -hmm. The thing is, is like, I think you said it earlier, like black women do have to show up with their hair looking quote unquote nice. They have a nice outfit on, you know, they talk eloquently, quote unquote, you know, like all this stuff, like it's, it's so hard for black women to just be, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're thinking about all these other things. And the fact that so many amazing Black women are thinking about all that stuff and then going into a board meeting and still killing it, like, how is that possible? You know, they're still going into a board meeting and presenting 
their project or whatever, or they're still showing up as a professor or even showing up as a stay-at-home mom and picking up your kids, you know, whatever the situation is as a Black woman, I think it's so amazing how they literally can, well, we, I'm a part of it, multitask so well. But I think that it's such a frustration that it's expected to multitask so much. We can't really just, you know, show up with a raggedy outfit on and still be um, appreciated or still look at as valuable. Mm -hmm. There's like all this stuff that comes with it. And it's really unfair you know, I was looking with my fr- a friend, she wants to move and all the things we had to look at for her to move, the safety, is there enough black women there? You know, how is it for black women to date there in that city? You know, what, what type of salary do these black women have in that city? We can't just pick up and leave and go to Texas. Mm-hmm. We have to think about all these little things and the stigma and the safety and the racism and look up the governor, look up the mayor, look up, you know, is it a blue state? Is it a red state? What city are you going to live in the suburbs? Is that safe? It's so crazy. All the things we have to think about in order to just have a livelihood. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a, that is a whole other podcast day (laughs) like (laughs) I have so many thoughts because and it goes back to manifesting too Mm -hmm. because I was thinking recently I want to do like a video on my YouTube channel about manifesting and being a black woman Mm. like is it realistic for me to think like I'm going to have a a huge house and a, a husband and be a wife and kids when statistically that's not quote unquote for black women. So how do you connect the two? You want to manifest, you want this beautiful life for yourself, but the world you live in doesn't equip you in that way or even value you in that way. So that's a, that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) Well, we need it from you. The world needs it, Candace. Thank you. So really, yeah, I really want to. I'm doing my research. It's gonna it's gonna take a while before I post that because it mm-hmm. it's one of those subjects that you really need to do some research. You really gotta, you know, really figure it out there. So, but it's definitely something I want to do soon. Mm-hmm. Wow, and I mean, just even thinking about. So I'm thinking about moving to uh, Nashville area. Oh, I months. love it. Yeah, just um, I have a friend I went out there and visited and um, I was actually, you know, just being in my little bubble in California of in a mostly predominantly white county. Like, I mean, there is some Latino, there's some like Southeast Asian, but not. Uh, I, I mean, we don't really have proper diversity at all. And just going out, I drove from here to Nashville and back. And yeah. Gosh, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Thank you. I did this whole Alley on the Road series and it was a, it was a good eye opener because even just, you know, I don't, I am quite aware or well aware that I don't have to think about my safety in the same ways as you just described. But I did notice going to a city like Nashville, I was like, whoa, this is so cool. Like all the diversity and like, yeah, it's very diverse. Yeah. And it was refreshing because I was like, even in Los Angeles, that it's not like that at all. And it's just gotten worse. Really? Yeah. Mm. I feel like. I've lived in LA. I've lived in West Hollywood. I've lived in Studio City. I've lived downtown. Mm-hmm. I've lived in multiple areas. But you like my whole world out here has been around white people. And I've had a few, you know, like I have my black friends, you know, I have a few, mm-hmm. but even they have the same experience here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Every work, every job I've had, I've had a white uh, boss. Um, for the job we were in Mm -hmm. but um 
I mean, every job, nanny job, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been in a situation here where I'm just surrounded by people that look like me, like in a long-term situation, like in that sense, I've never been in a job like that. I've never been in housing like that. I've never been in an apartment building like that. Um, you know, sometimes I'll go, I'll go to restaurants and I know that black people will be there, but a lot of times I'll go to like EPLP or something. I'll be like one of the only black people there or like Gracias Madre, which I love, like some of the sit, some of the restaurants and like shopping and stuff, like I'm going to be the one of the only, Wow, which is so crazy because I came from a city that was like that. And that's in Indiana. Hmm. Now, the thing here that I do appreciate is that even though it's not diverse, it's still progressive. Mm-hmm. So I'm not dealing with a lot of racism like I did in Indiana. I'm not dealing with like someone calling me the n-word or like something crazy so that's better but still it's not like it's not diverse Mm -hmm. it's still progressive it's still a blue state it's still all those things it's I feel safe I'm safe here Mm -hmm. but it's not diverse (laughs) it really isn't and I think a lot of people think Los Angeles is no but in reality it isn't I think it's more segregated in my opinion. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Just, I mean, just seeing the way things are like, well, especially like all the jobs and stuff are in Hollywood, West Hollywood. That's like super yeah. white for the most part. And then you do have like the areas, like I just think of like Baldwin Hills and stuff, yeah. like very affluent, beautiful black right. neighborhoods. Oh like, yeah. And it's just so weird to me. Well, I mean, I know, totally know why it's because of racism but that yeah. that hasn't been more integrated to other parts of the city so right but it's, it's different but Nashville would be amazing I'm excited we're we're just planting the seed I okay yeah <laughs> you've made the decision yeah, I made the decision we're seeing what god the universe okay yes that's all it takes I love that yeah but I do want to talk about So if you could say like to yourself when you were talking about, you know, when you were just starting out or really struggling um, or someone who maybe is, you know, a younger version of little baby Candace who (laughs) wants to be have this amazing career and be a powerful creator and doesn't see images of herself reflected back in these places. What advice would you give to her? Wow. Um, Do your research, you know, find women who look like you, even if it's like read their book, Mm -hmm. you know, like Michelle Obama or, you know, Oprah, something like that. Read their book, you know, follow them on social media, see their stuff a lot and get that visual representation in some area. Because even if you're not seeing it in your environment, seeing it on paper or on your vision board, things like that, that's still going to help you because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And if you allow your spiritual being to visualize and just see things consistently, it will go into your subconscious mind and you will therefore create it. And so if you just be consistent with that scene and researching, like, like the other day, I was like, I need to research someone new to just study, mm-hmm. you know, just study on some woman that looks like me. I just need to find someone. And there's millions of black women who have written books, who do TED talks, who, you know, travel the world, you know, all this stuff who have followings on social media. There's someone new to study every single day. So just take time to study those people and through that, get their encouragement. You know, they've experienced things that we've all experienced as black women. So get their encouragement, you know, get some, get some encouragement and get some representation, get some advice even, and just go from there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, again, it starts with gratitude too. 
And just being, I think also for me, it was like being content and what is the word? Like, I just knew I was supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. And even though I question it, I question it. I, I still was like, no, I know I'm supposed to be here. Even if, you know, times are rough and you know you're supposed to be in a city, just keep going, going and going and keep pushing through and give yourself space to have those moments of questioning, you know, give yourself space to be like, why am I here? <laughs> and if that takes 24 hours for you to just question and question and question, you're like, oh, now I know. Now I know. Go back to your why. Why are you here? You know, why am I doing my work? Why am I seeing these things? Why do why do I want these things? Why do I desire these things? And yeah, go back to that gratitude, learn about some new person that looks like you. And then, you know, just, just enjoy the process as much as you can. You know, it's not enjoyable all the time. I won't say that, but, you know, find ways to enjoy it, you know, get to know people and enjoy it. Mm, I love that. That's such great advice. Wow, this has been an awesome conversation, Candice. Thank you. This is so fun. I know. I feel like we covered so much, and I think that people listening are going to get a lot out of it. Where can they find you on, on social media? So I'm on everything. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, Candice Nikea, N-I-K-E-I-A. Perfect. And then we'll, in the show notes, include some of the stuff that we mentioned and talked about okay. as well. Awesome. Perfect. Great. Thank you so much again. And everyone tuning in, this is Allie Knows Best. See you next time. Mm -hmm.